You are now listening to the Fight, Fights Like a Girl, Girl podcast with Big Fridge and GQ Smooth. You already know what's going on. It's the head not to tell. Of course, it's GQ Smooth. GQ underscore S-M-0-O-T-H on IG. And you already know how I'm rocking. I got my main man with me. What's up? Big Fridge in the building. You know what it is. Lamont Fridge, need them IG, Instagram, Fights Like a Girl, 16. You know how we getting down. You know what I'm saying? Get at me. 48 gmail.com if you got any comments, blah, blah, blah. Heard a lot of hate over one of the episodes <laughs> we did. Please come on in. You know what I'm saying? Listen, I mean, come on. Fights like a girl, six one four. Yep. You okay. said sixteen. UConn Jack got me. <laughs> Run it. You know what I'm saying? But uh, me and GQ was over here politicking. You know, we was about to do another episode, but we about to get into this one joint that that uh, it's real kind of controversial and shit, man. We talking about race again, right? And it started with sports, and so she was asking me like. You know, I made a statement that, you know, back in our days, like, one black dude can fuck up four white dudes back in the time, right? And I'm going to get a lot of negative feedback. You can kiss my ass. I probably can still fuck up two of y'all if we get down to it and shit. But I ain't looking for the violence and nothing. Some, you know, got white associates and shit like that. But still, race had a factor in our generation more so than now, right? So my question, we're going to open up with, with the question. I'm going to open up with this question, right? Why is your generation not so angry about race now? Um, I'm going to really kick it off like this. We are angry, and that's because we're tired of being killed for no reason. We're being gunned down. We're being oppressed still. We're we're having to work harder. That wage gap is still there, and we are tired. It's not, I don't even know, but to bring it back full circle. Um, I think it might have a lot to do with, even though we're like, still oppressed and everything there's still more opportunities and i think racism is something that definitely exists but it's uh concealed in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. so it's like we're not um protest we're protesting but it's not like to that extent we're not getting the fire hoses and dogs turned on us um in a sense i mean a couple years ago with the black lives matter movement Mm -hmm. um that's probably like really the first time that we protested at that level and felt that kind of pain Mm -hmm. and sorrow within the community but other than that um it's just kind of been absent or just hidden a lot yeah because i mean when you look at it now you know, instead of them, just the whole police force coming to get you, they just snipe you off one by one, you know, putting you in a box like that. And, of course, you got the judges sniping you off. Because, I mean, we do, they say, it was, a, I think it was, a, I'm, hopefully I'm not misquoting it, check your facts, but I believe it was USA Today, or Wall Street Journal, I read in the joint that said that Africans are, of course, sentenced disproportionately without a shadow of a doubt. But in this disproportionate manner, we're talking about a 21% disparity. So if you got a dollar and I took 21 cents of that joint, you're going to be pissed. You know what I'm saying? And my whole thing is nobody raised a fuss about it. It was like, oh, we already know that. Right? Yeah. And so they say yeah, that the, the wage judges, gap yeah. is crazy too. Oh, I mean, hell yeah. I, I don't really know how to say it, but like, I mean, it's, I mean, racism is something that's there. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
I guess because another part of it is why it's not so like how it was like when my parents were growing up is because we have a lot of like blended families now too. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. It, you know, everybody's kind of just like meshing together. If you want to date somebody Asian or, yeah. you know, Indian, black, white, like we got these type of families that we're seeing versus like back in the day where, uh, what is it? Blacks couldn't marry whites mm-hmm. until like what was it like sixty seven, sixty five, something like that. Yeah. Some United and that's States not versus, that far ago. United States versus Loving was the landmark case in Virginia for that. So research that even got a movie about it called Loving, right? And uh, I get all that because I mean, also remember, you know, it was illegal for us to be married during the time of slavery. We couldn't even be together. It was all about the destruction of the, you know the African family and all of these hatreds just root themselves, right? And that's why I was just talking about sports and shit. Like, our sports back in the days, let me tell you something, man. Sports for us is different from sports for y'all now. Like, the white dudes, it was a crime to lose to the white boy. It was a crime. Like, when a white man come and knock your ass out in the boxing ring, you was disgraced. Like, you just can't do that shit. And that's why sports was so good. As much as I hate racism, which is, you know, prejudice plus power, right? That's really racism, man. That's why black people really can't be racist. We don't have the power to enforce that shit. But, man, we talking about, like, the great white hope, uh, Jerry Cooney and shit. When you had niggas losing to him, oh, my God, them niggas was disgraceful. You never heard from them motherfuckers again. I think a part of that, too, would probably be because um, African Americans probably felt more so that they had something to prove because we weren't let in these type of sporting events mm-hmm. or positions within work. As much as we are today as well. So maybe that's um, part of why they fought so hard for the positions and everything. Because they didn't want to lose because they want, didn't want to be looked at as something that was less than. Absolutely. And even though that's something that unfortunately still happens, um, I, you don't have to work as hard as uh, for it. Like if you have the credentials, you might be able to get a pass. Right. I mean, you might still have to work harder than the next person. Oh, no doubt about that. But, you know, if you're doing what you got to do and it's undeniable, nine times out of ten, you might get it. Right. And then now let's talk about, like, the paradigm of sports again, right? So, I can't. I used to love the NBA more than I love football. And I love football, right? But the NBA used to be my shit. NBA was, you know, goons. Like, you got motherfuckers from the New York Knicks who couldn't make a layup. They whole, they whole job was to go out there and beat the shit out of people who come to the lane, particularly any white boy who wants some. And what made sports so good is that white boys weren't going for it either. You got some tough-ass white dudes on the planet without a shadow of a doubt. You know what I'm saying? All the way from General Patton all the way down. I mean, shit, Civil War, blah, 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 Grant, all them up. There's some tough white motherfuckers, you know what I'm saying? And they ain't going neither. And that, that clash, that racial clash made sports so fucking good. Like, when we talk about the Boston Celtics and everybody else... Like, Boston Celtics was the national white team. Like, when my first say, I'm a Boston fan, and he black, my brother still be like, oh, you a sellout. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, it's just, man, you loved it, man. I mean, it was just so good for the fucking sport. And, and, but outside of that, though, it was a whole different animal, goddammit. I mean, it's just, oh, man. And I just want to, like, kind of say something before we, like, get too wrapped up in it. Mm-hmm. Um, basically... A lot of people say, like, we talk about a lot about race and, quote-unquote, the white men and their flaws and everything that went with it. But um, I feel like this show is one to call out all kind of, like, racist, too. So, I mean, you know, we 
kind of spited black people for you know some of the things they did as well mm-hmm. so for people to just get wrapped up into that one conversation it's really not fair to the show to yeah. think we're not being equal across all boards i get it we might be a little biased at times just because we are living at an african-american uh lifestyle yeah. so you know what i mean but uh to me it's just like humanity and you know what I mean either you're a good person or you're a bad person at the end of the day right so I'm not saying like all white people are bad and flawed and everything like that because I know a lot of sketchy black people too oh, you know more <laughs> shit because you know more of them you know you know more of that particular type of race of people yeah without a doubt I mean that's your people so you're gonna see the bad because humanity is some shit as a whole for real I mean if you think about it I mean cause uh, slavery happened to all nations just nothing like chattel slavery in America Nobody ever lost their whole nationality, their language, their religion. Nobody was named after their oppressors 400 years, 500 years after the fact. The shit is going on now is so motherfucking serious. And you got to keep addressing it because you learn from the past. Like when I die off and the next two generations come, you won't have these conversations no more. And maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it's a bad thing. But at the end of the motherfucking day, whatever makes us better, we're going to keep pushing that line. Because that's what we do here. I guess in a sense, you can't really let history die. But what I hear a lot of is, like, you can't really hold on to it. Like, but it's just like, how do you not hold on to it? When it's It's, holding on to you. Yeah. And then it's like, y'all, people, black people are portraying this grudge that they have against white people is what I hear a lot, too. And I can see, like, why they say that. And, you know, a couple of my white colleagues or whatever like well what about the underground railroad like y'all wouldn't have been able to you know be you know free unless we kind of helped in a sense mm-hmm. so i mean like i said like it just comes down to the individual right like, and you know your beliefs and how you were taught is usually how you're going to move in a sense too so. and we give honor to people like the uh, reverend john reeves in cincinnati who aided the sisters in the underground railroad when we came across the ohio river up into Cincinnati, you know, he used his house. His house was one of those storehouses uh, that got us up through, you know, Columbus, Cincinnati, Cleveland, you know, all the way to Detroit. Some of us all the way up into Canada, you know. So we give honor to them too. And another one, another white man who I feel is great. And I, this would piss me off. The Columbus Dispatch in 2008 did a joint on my man, uh, John Brown, right? So they was asking the question, was John Brown uh, a good man or was he crazy? Because John Brown basically started, you know, he basically started the Civil War at Harper's Ferry, you know, with all that shit. And back then, West Virginia was Virginia. So it was all Virginia back then. And so, you know, basically he kicked the war off and shit, you know, against, you know, the the Southern uh, Confederacy in this whole thing. Because he was not with that motherfucking bullshit. Now, I've not read his autobiography, so this is the man that I'm talking about that I read about in parts. But this dude, John Brown, with heart, and in the, in the Columbus Dispatch, a... A union paper, because, I mean, they Yankees, they're above the Mason-Dixon line, supposedly. I mean, they actually had the nerve to ask, was he crazy or insane to take the stance that he took in the Civil War for the African and American's liberation? I mean, it's crazy. 2008, you ask if he insane? What's more insane? Making a person into a piece of meat? What's more insane? Selling a woman's child straight out the womb? What's more insane? So, yeah, when you look at history, they this shit still... It's still prevalent. People still thinking about that. Or let's talk about the election of Donald Trump. It was retaliation for putting a nigga in the White House. I don't care what nobody say. He lost the popular vote. The Electoral College, another thing we need to address, who the fuck are they? <laughs> who the fuck?
fuck is the electoral college? He's like a grand jury. Who the fuck is these <laughs> motherfuckers comprised of? You know what I'm saying? How the fuck you gonna tell them? Now, the American people said, give us Hillary. I didn't want that bitch in there, you know. Oh, my God. Not because she a woman. I'll take a woman for president any goddamn time. You know what I'm saying? Any time. I think a woman's gonna be, except for that bitch. She, she said black men need to be brought to heel. Her and her motherfucking husband put niggas in jail wholesale. I mean, you look at the history of that. Clinton was the worst thing that ever happened to black people and black men. They love him so much because he played a saxophone. Yeah, got his dick sucked in the White House by a white, fat, white bitch and smoked a joint. So now he's a nigga. (laughs) You certainly do. You have a way with words. (laughs) I mean, those are negrosities, I must say. (laughs) I mean, goddamn. Now, you're the black president because you just did the the most lowest and debased shit on the motherfucking planet? I don't think so. You know what I'm saying? And then he incarcerated more Africans in America than any president in the history of the United States. Under his regime. More prisons were built. Under his regime. But everybody loved Clinton because he put a band-aid on the economy. And when that band-aid exploded, you had the economic crisis, which was basically another depression in 2006. this is why I really don't get into politics or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, vocally or whatever. I have my own opinions or whatever. But you never really see me state them. And it's because... (coughs) Woo! The vape. Vape? (laughs) But because um, when you get into these conversations with a lot of people, they don't even know, like, what's really going on. Yeah. Like, you're basing it off of characteristics and not actions. Right. So it's just like, I might as well not even talk to you about it because it's like, one, either I'm not going to change your mind and just feel like I wasted my time at the end of the day. Yeah. Or two, you're just going to be totally ignorant and just want to believe what you want to think. Anyway, mm-hmm. I get it. You have an opportunity and obligation to um, kind of... Um, speak your piece right. about you know that's one of our freedoms here, but I just Somewhere. don't like my lot my um my time wasted in right. a sense. So it's just like eh whatever you know yeah. each one teach one. But to me it's I guess it's like when is it worth it? So if you ever do hear me talk about politics, it's definitely gonna be with like close people right. and probably off the air for the right. most part because. Well, no. You know, it just give people a reason to, like, spite you in a sense. I mean, you're not going to agree with somebody on every aspect. No, but you can't. I mean, kind of changing, like, a Trump supporter's mind is almost unrealistic at this point. I mean, seriously. Because, I mean, let's talk about what they really believe, you know. I mean, what does a Trump supporter really believe? Let's make America great again. What does that mean? Well, I think how he really got them so hooked is... Which I say he's genius for. He was doing something a lot of the other candidates weren't doing uh, for years on end, which is going to those smaller cities that nobody heard, hears about or recognizes. And they, it makes them feel like they're important. So, of course, I'm going to support you in that way because you might go to Columbus, you know, a m- major city in Ohio, but are you going to go to Galupas? You know what I mean? Like, and people are like, where is that? You know what I mean? Like, so. Yeah, and that's true, you know. And so, when you talk about what they really want, like he said, look at the slogan. Make America great again. 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 The hell you mean? What era is you talking about? Because whatever era you talking about, is talking about putting Africans under the boot. Let me straight See, right but down. that's a subjective like kind of thing. Break it down. What are you talking about? I mean... If you talk to any, mostly any American, they will say it's the greatest place to live in mm-hmm. the nation. I mean, in the world. You know what I mean? Most of these people never traveled outside the United States, but okay. I'm, I'm just saying. So, 
when you say again, like I say it's subjective because you're like you're talking about putting African Americans under the maybe he's talking about like uh, back when nine eleven happened and I'm not trying to defend him in any kind of way, but it's like, you know, back when 9-11 happened, we had that solidarity and everybody was really looking out for each other and just instances like that. Like maybe he thought that was like a great concept Mm -hmm. and that's what he wants to more focus on, like make it great again. Cause since 9-11 years have passed and we kind of strayed away from it. Okay. That shit. Ain't no doubt. You know what I'm saying? Cause 9-11, like when 9-11 happened, I was in a USP Allenwood, right? And so the planes hit the buildings, and so now the brothers, first we didn't believe it. I remember the Italian, uh, what was uh, Bobby, uh, not Bobby Versace, uh, what's my guy? guy uh, shouts out to my man, Bobby Versace, you know, may you rest in peace, man. That bitch sent me the bull told on you, you died in prison. <laughs> I feel like anytime, man, and this is a white man, you know, Italian, you know what I'm saying, short, you know what I'm saying, hey, friends, what's going on? My dude, Bobby Versace. But anytime a real motherfucker die in the penitentiary, you know, hey, breaks my motherfucking heart and them motherfucking rats is living. But that's another story. It was uh, Spinelli, right? So this Italian named Spinelli tells me, I come in the block, hey, French, get over here. I get over here. What's up, man? Look at this fucking shit. So I'm looking at the damn news, right? I thought it was the sci-fi channel. You know what I'm saying? Like I see plane hit the building. I'm like, so what y'all watching the fucking, but I'm down looking around and I'm feeling the energy, right? And I'm looking around, and motherfuckers is nervous. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's like everybody's scared and shit. And I'm looking at these planes at this building. I said, man, tell me that's not New York City. He said, what the fuck? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so we sit up there watching this shit, right? So then, immediately, I think about the homies T, you know, my mentor guy Fisher, excuse me, other homies and shit, you know what I'm saying? Even my, even, even my white Italian homies and shit, you know what I'm saying? From New Jersey, because I'm the NFL, New Jersey all the way. And then my D.C. brothers, you know what I'm saying? Because they hit the Pentagon, too. And a lot of the homies from D.C., their families worked in the Pentagon. They worked in, you know, in, in local. It's not a state, but they local, they worked in the municipality because D.C. is not a state. And so we all pulling together trying to get people, like, safe passes. Like, you know, first you couldn't even call into New York. All the lines were dead, completely dead, straight, boop, boop, boop. So we like, hey, your people can come to Ohio. I call my people. I call my mom and them, you know what I'm saying? My girl and this, that, and the other time and shit. The homies, hey, we might need some people that need to come stay with y'all. You'll see what happened in New York. Everybody, like, yeah, my house is open. So we extended our hands from basically from, as far as I know, from Ohio all the way into New York to try to unify. And race was irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, man, you know what I'm saying? The yeah, shit was real. It's you know like people forget. Like they're yeah. so quick to forget about. You know, and I get it, like, one monkey don't stop the show, but, mm-hmm. I mean, that's why I say it's subjective, though, because mm-hmm. maybe, why hasn't, in which, I, I don't know, maybe this has happened, why hasn't Trump, I guess, explained his tagline more in depth? Well, like, what does he mean by again? And, uh, and my, I'm the type of thing, I'm the type of man where, I mean, talk is not cheap to me, never has been, because, you know... You can turn a wolf into a pit bull or even a Yorkie. Because all of them are wolves. Talk ain't cheap, right? Talk starts the conversation. Conversation leads to action, okay? And so the talk was, the slogan was, make America great again. So, But he gave no definitive error. He wasn't talking about 1865 to 1877 where you had the first black congressman, you know, the Freedmen's Bureau where African-American men but and some women were actually moving to it. how do you know he wasn't talking about that? Because I just... 
didn't see that. And hold up, hold up. Now, yeah, that to my point. I know they say actions speak speak right. louder than words. Right. And but. so did he come campaigning though in Oklahoma, where in nineteen twenty one it was burned down to the ground. It was raised to the ground. Did he go to Oklahoma and talk to old black Wall Street? Like, let's make America great again. When y'all was doing it, it was great. Did he go to Haytown, North Carolina, where you had the first really black bankers and, you know, institutions really doing the damn thing, coming around that Duke University area, that Durham area? Nah, he wasn't talking about them. He went into rural America. Let's make America great again. Now, I'm going to tell you about rural America. This is where my thesis comes from. I did 10 and a half in Lee County, Virginia. They cut a mountain open to put the penitentiary in Lee County, Virginia. Confederate flags everywhere. Poverty, though. Extreme poverty, though. For real. You know what I'm saying? These motherfuckers, like some of them probably never owned Africans. They was broke as shit. Dirt poor. It's a fucking mountain. Topsoil got to be two, three inches deep. They growing shit on that motherfucker. Livestock is basically all they really got in that motherfucker. He goes into places like this. But these people, although they are racist Conceptually, they didn't know black people. It was two black families in all of Lee County, Virginia. One of them went to the NFL. One set of brothers, the Jones brothers, went to the NFL. And the other one, their name was House. And we used to call him House, nigga, because he worked in the penitentiary. But that was the only two black families in Lee County, Virginia. You know what I'm saying? So when we're talking about th these people, and so when we pull up, right, we see it. Like one motherfucker was so Dude had a mule in the front yard. I ain't never seen a mule in person. A fucking mule, like a pit bull chained to the front yard. He had a fucking mule in his front yard just grazing, right? Like said, a pit bull chained. I said, is that a fucking mule over there and shit when we on the bus? So that's when we start making a pack. You know, if the rebel flags didn't bother us, the shotguns in the back window didn't bother us. But when we seen that mule in the front yard, I looked at my motherfucking man, Hess from Detroit, like, did you see? He said, was that a motherfucking mule? I said, oh, we made a pack on the bus. All right, when we get to these redneck motherfuckers, we just going to go ahead and make the National Guard come in and fuck it. You know what I'm saying? We ain't standing this. They going to fuck around and kill us. I stayed down there 10 and a half years because we had more in common than motherfuckers would ever believe. That's when I found out how conservative African Americans really are. Mm -hmm. Super conservative. We had the same yeah. values. Them motherfuckers hated snitches and everything down that motherfucker. It was like, man, we got down that motherfucker. And once we actually started dialoguing, they seen the time we was getting down and how the real motherfuckers was getting down, they embraced my ass. When I left, a couple CEOs cried. Man, I had to go out the back door. Like, I stayed there ten and a half years. And it took MapQuest two days to tell us where the fuck we was at. <laughs> Wasn't no Walmart down there, none of that shit. When I say motherfucking rednecks, they got a motherfucking mountain called nigga. What they call it? Nigga nose rock because it's shaped like a black person's nose and shit. <laughs> and I stayed I down there. Laughed at that. Yeah, and I stayed down with these rednecks for all that. They was Alabama fans, Tennessee <laughs> fans. Yes, you know what I'm saying? But these motherfuckers had really the same fucking values I had. And then once they actually got around brothers, they was like, damn, we, we didn't like y'all for no motherfucking reason. It was like, damn, same with us. Like, it was a situation I ain't gonna call no names and shit, right? In the federal penitentiaries, snitches aren't allowed on the yard, supposedly. And, and for 98% of the time, it really works. Except for the Sunni Muslim community. They let rats in that joint, right? So, because they feel like if you take your shahada, blah, blah, blah. So, I'm down there. First of all, as you know, I was the first IC of the GDs down there. And then I retired from that. Then I took over for the Ohio card, right? Ohio card means basically all of Ohio versus everybody else. North Carolina, Virgin Islands, 
the Italians, the whatever, you know what I'm saying? We Everybody clicked up like that, the white supremacists, and even they got clicks, but then they clicked, you know, all that shit, right? So, this bitch-ass motherfucker comes on the yard, you know, I'll take a couple of the homies, we run up in the block, we fucked this whole ass nigga up, you know what I'm saying? You ain't show that paperwork, we know your ass is a rat, we gave you two weeks, you ain't tell the paperwork, we fucked that whole ass nigga up cold, right? So, this one officer in particular, who was name nameless and shit, but I, I used to call him uh, the head classman. That was his name I had for him and shit, right? Because he, I mean, if you hear this motherfucker, he sound like Enos off motherfucking uh, Dukes of Hazzard and shit. You know what I'm saying? He was like, what the fuck's going on here? Before I hit this goddamn button, I just pointed to the flow. He, was like, and he looked around, see all real niggas, all oh, must be a rap, right? So we hit the button, boom. You know what I'm saying? So they come in. About 10 deep, Macy's. Yeah, I might get against the wall, handcuffs, handcuffs, all that bullshit. What happened? Don't nobody know shit, you know what I'm saying? We all go to the motherfucking hall. This motherfucking officer wrote the report that, basically, the snitch assaulted us, and he seen it. Because they hate snitches in these rural areas. Because it's about honor and integrity to them. Because keep in mind, these motherfuckers are bootleggers. They go gang of weed down here, particularly in that Kentucky area, Virginia area. So these motherfuckers, they ain't with that... Police and they business shit. They deep with the police like we do because them motherfuckers is criminal. Jack Kennedy come up with them people. You know what I'm saying? So at the end of the motherfucking day, racist lines can get blurred. But economic status has a lot to do with it because if these same white people were raised in, let's just say, you know, around uh, Connecticut where all that money is at, well, these white people would act a whole lot different. But economic depravity led them to have these concepts that us, the economically deprived, on the, you know, particularly in North America, well, no, period, in North America, period, not North or South, but North America, period, it, it kind of bonded us together, right? Now, they wouldn't want my big black ass laying up there with Sally, their daughter, and if they, you know, I don't want it the other way, shit, you know, I'm just keeping it 100, you know, not because I'm a racial purifier, I just think that black men need to bond with black women because, shit, they brought us through, y'all, man, y'all brought us, we wouldn't be here without y'all. And I feel like we owe them. You know what I'm saying? So if any of us is doing good, we need to take y'all with us. That's just how I feel about it. But hey, but but that's, man, I mean, this racial shit gets serious. So let's go back to the original concept. So Trump stopped these lower economic areas like that to say, let's make America great again. But every place ain't Lee County, Virginia. Let's talk about, and this was Lee County, Virginia, where a lot of them couldn't afford to own somebody else. But let's get down to the Mississippi, Alabama, that old money. Or other parts of Virginia, you know what I'm saying? That good old time, George Washington, Virginia, where slavery thrived up under his regime more than any other time in history, expanded more than any other time in history. We're talking to those people who still hold those legacy. Yeah, let's make America great again. Let's put them niggas up under our boot. Let's put anybody up under our boot. That's what they talking about, white supremacy. He was, he was really campaigning to white supremacists. So then you could go to the other aspect of it, though. But can you say it was him really campaigning to him? Like, what if he kind of voiced what he wanted to see happen, and then his campaign manager like just took him in there and it was just more of a business move than a uh, oh, racial move? Business. No, it was a business move. But the business of America is race. Period. Point blank. You can't get around it. The business of America is race. I mean, what was it founded on? My white ass doing nothing. Your black Native American and even Chinese ass doing everything. Build this motherfucker. And I'm going to sit back and kick and reap the benefits. America was built on race. So the business of America is race. Cannot get around it whatsoever. And exploitation. 
of women, of children, of whatever. Race is the number one component, though, without a shower of doubt. So, yeah, it, it, he had to make that move. Race, race and not financial? Oh, yeah, well, race and financial go hand in hand. Because keep in mind, early in the podcast, I said that a true racist has the ability to affect things. Somebody who's prejudiced or bigoted can't affect shit. I can't affect a motherfucking thing because I don't have power, right? But it's directly correlated. They, they power is predicated off influence and money and being able to buy people. So, yeah, it, it goes hand in hand. The business of America is racism, period, point blank. Period, point blank. So, at the end of the motherfucking day, you know what I'm saying, we got into this and, you know, some of y'all might have turned this off. <laughs> Hopefully you kept the motherfucker on. Because at the end of the day, man, you know, like I said, one day I would like, let me, let me make a clear concept. One day I would like to see all people be unified. And I want to be good and dead by then. Because my way of thinking has to die off. It does. But it has to die off after it has enforced its point. That where all races respect one another, respect our own tragedies, Give the proper amount of respect due to certain tragedies. You can't keep talking about the African Holocaust like it's some bullshit, like it's something that needs to be brushed over. It was the most atrocious, atrocious thing that ever happened to a people. Next to maybe 30 million being slain in the Congo, but even though they still Congolese, and they ain't the real name of them, it was named that by a European. So, my hope is that my line of thinking eventually dies off, but it's never forgotten and that it brings about a respect and equanimity through the world. That's what I hope. And I'm hope I'm and I'll be I'll be, I'll be glad because I'll be good and dead about it. I'm gonna give a shit. I'll be gone, goddamn it. But at the end of the day, I'm gonna keep pushing this motherfucking line until people get it. You got to get it. Mm-hmm. This shit has to stop. But a lot of people, like I said, it's like a cycle though, because a lot of people don't wanna get it. They don't wanna listen to those different kind of viewpoints. So they, you know, do away with it and Will it die off as long as, you know, it's still being taught to your children? Yeah, because it's how you teach. Not what you teach, it's how you teach it. Like, how do you teach, let's go here. How do you teach a young child to accept homosexual lifestyle and you don't believe in it? It ain't that you're teaching about homosexual lifestyles. It's how you're teaching it. If I'm teaching it from a Christian standpoint, what is my view going to be? A man and a woman is supposed to be together. The vagina and the penis is supposed to be one. You're not supposed to have me with anal nothing. None of that shit. I mean, we're going to come with this. It ain't what you teach. It's how you teach it. And then you let the other person But decide. then when you, like, let's go for that, for example. But then when you say your piece, like, say, a woman and a man is supposed to be together. Mm-hmm. But, you know, sometimes that doesn't happen. But I don't agree with it. So ultimately, you're still giving them. It's like a leading question in a sense. Thank like, you. it ain't what you teach. It's how you teach it. Don't leave, don't give a leading question. Throw the facts on the table. Let the motherfuckers do what they do. But your your own personal viewpoint is still going to spew through with that. I think. Not a great teacher. Great teachers don't give personal viewpoints. Great teachers give you the facts. These are the facts. I mean, I'm just saying, kids are always watching when. When you even don't think they are. Mm-hmm. So, like, you could tell them story. that. And okay. then, like, you could be on the phone talking to one of your friends and be like, 
yeah, that gay dude, ugh. like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just really die, and you think they don't hear it, so then that, you know, it gets into their mindset. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Oh, shit. I mean, that's more pervasive than the African American community than we can talk about because that we still choosing the white doll over the black doll as far as babies go because of the images and things you hear. But however, if you aren't with the facts, then you can say, well, that's, that's what it looked like, but here's the facts. You can always refer to the facts. Real teachers teach about the facts. Personal opinions, fuck all that. What are the facts? Here go your facts. Now, you do what but you so, do. I mean, with, I guess, since you use that as an example with the homosexuality thing, yeah, they're going to say, well, the facts in the Bible say this. Mm. You know what I mean? And who like, the fuck called the Bible a fact? A lot of people. And that's foolishness. <laughs> that's foolishness. Because, I mean, I mean, if you can even, do, first of all, just listen to Adam and Eve had two dudes, you know what I'm saying? One <laughs> killed the other one, right? And then this motherfucker go out. There's only three, four people on the planet, and this motherfucker goes out and has a family. How the fuck is that a fact? Where did the motherfuckers come from? You know what they say, don't question God. I ain't questioning God. I'm talking about the fucking text. The text say it was four motherfuckers. <laughs> well, something not. <laughs> Something that I've heard was because I'm like, well, what about the incest or whatever? Mm-hmm. And something that I heard was like, you know, those were just the first, so that's what we focused on, and then he made more people. His ass know. was expelled out of the <laughs> All of them got the boot, right? <laughs> is, am, I, am I wrong? Do we need to go get the damn Bible real quick? <laughs> from, from, I mean, but this is why I look at the Bible, it's just like, uh, you know how you go to class, mm-hmm. you, you get taught a lesson. Cool. Like, yeah. That's how I look at it, because of course, when you with somebody and they telling you a story, of course, sometimes they hype it up to make it seem like it's greater than what it is. So everybody right. likes something with a little bit of sauce on it, give it more a little uh, a more flavor. Yeah, a little flavor. <laughs> yeah. So you know, what I mean, that's how I look at the Bible in a sense, and not to mention the missing chapters. So who's to say like hmm. one of those chapters isn't? Yeah. What like, about the Gospel of Mary Magdalene? <laughs> I mean, where's I mean, I'm reading that now in the joint that you gave me. I mean, come on, I've been waiting on that. You know, who but keep in mind Constantine put these books together. Mm-hmm. And Constantine did that to have power and control and keep Rome together. It was an act of desperation. It was an act of that because the Christians and the pagans were clashing hard. So he took control of the situation. And basically, if you look into the old Gnostic um, 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 the uh, the Nicene Creed and the Nicene Council, they elevated Jesus to a deity. It's not a religious conversation. I'm just saying, I don't think that a person can look at the Bible and call it a fact. I ain't seen nobody walk on water unless there was a little bit of concrete up under the shit was a puddle. I'm just saying, facts, right? Mm. You see a lot of things in the Bible that just don't add up. So the whole thing about like, you know, uh, the whole gay shit in the motherfucking Bible, right? Homosexuality, see, rampant to me is a negative term because rampant is something that's out of control and raging. Homosexuality has always been in existence. It yeah, like, you know, you, you have, like, um, the great philosophers that we look up to, like Plato yeah. and Aristotle, who is, you know, having sex with their students to have a better connection, so. They're not just that. Artists are freaks anyway. I used to be an artist. I ain't never slept with a dude before, but I'm a filthy animal. So, I mean, you know, <laughs> at the end of the day, you know what I'm saying, artists can blur any lines because artists weren't put here to try to make statements. Artists were put here to just help us interpret the world as they see it and as the universe put it. I think artists are really special people, you know. 
So at the end of the month, at the end of the day, when it comes down to it, when you get to talking about facts, facts are hardcore concrete mathematical evidence right now, right? So if you look at this, is, I mean, it, I mean, this conversation can just get entirely too deep. But when you talk about they reinforcing it with the Bible, man, please, man. There's so many fairy tales in that joint. There's so much allegory in that joint. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, take the truth and leave the bones. I can prove racism in the Bible right now. I mean, white supremacy in the Bible right now mm. against other texts that are in museums as we speak, carved in stone. And the Bible says something totally different. Taharka, Sennacherib story. Totally different. And two, you got two. You got a cuneiform text and you got a pink conquest styling. Who are you going to believe? Or you go to the Bible. Who defames this African man? Called him an Ethiopian, which is a racial slur. Hey, man, you can't back up that with no Bible. I just feel like you cannot. Some things you can't because there's a lot of wisdom in the Bible that you can't escape. But, man, come on, man. Who wrote that joint? And for what purpose? <laughs> and on that note, I think that's a good place to end. Make you guys kind of think about it. Yeah, I don't know we lost some listeners on that one. <laughs> oh, well. well. Had to be done. For sure, you know, this is uh, our birthright right now. Damn you know, too. we live in America, so we're able to speak about what we want. I mean, like like we said, if there's something we got twisted or wrong, you got our information. And you know what it is, it's the head not to tell from the Bible. <laughs> uh, yeah, how about that? GQ smooth. I just really like that, the head not to tell. Uh, that hey. sounds good. Shakespeare wrote it. beautiful. He rewrote it. beautiful. Uh, GQ smooth, GQ underscore O-T-H on IG. Yeah, Lamont Fridge at uh, Fights Like Girls 614, you know, IG, Facebook, Lamont Fridge, Nathan, 48 to short at gmail.com if you want to get at me directly. I'll, I will give you my phone number, but I don't want to hear that shit. <laughs> Two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> All right, we out. Peace.